You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. You must have a thousand questions. Where's Ray? Something inside me is awake. I need help. We are the spark that light the fire when the burn first started now. I was raised to fight. For the first time, I had something to fight for. Hi everybody and welcome once again to GeekFest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone and today as promised we are doing our final The Last Jedi review. We are bringing in another guest once more to talk about how he felt about it. As I mentioned before, I'm trying to give you a three-way perspective. First one being my perspective, the second one being my son's perspective, somebody much younger who really liked the movie. And now I'm bringing you somebody who wasn't very happy with the movie. So you can kind of see the range now of where everything falls. Now, since my original viewing, as promised, I have seen the movie a second time. And it's really hard to say, you know, that I have changed my mind. I still have all those problems that I had the first time I watched the movie. The second time was a little easier to watch. I can't tell you it was a reversal of my opinions on the movie, but it was just easier to watch because one of the things that kept happening to me during the first run of the watch was that whenever one of these plot holes or inappropriate moments or, you know, over-the-top jokes would appear, I would get kind of caught in that moment. And whatever would happen afterwards, I would be concentrating on that previous moment and saying to myself, what the hell just happened here? This is in Star Wars. So what's good about watching it the second time is that I am aware of all these issues and I kind of go with it, kind of let it flow through into the next scene so I can enjoy what happens next. With that said, you know, the movie is still what the movie is, is a flawed movie. But when it comes to Star Wars, I'll go back to a, a, an old joke from George Carling, and I think I'm, I hope I'm quoting it right. And that is like, and he says, sex is like pizza. When it's great, it's great. And when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> so that's kind of how I see it. This isn't so bad that. You know, I'm going to burn all my toys, I'm going to stop watching the films, I'm going to take all my DVDs and crack them in half and throw them into the, you know, into the street. No, no, no. This, this isn't just great. That's the problem. I always want great from, I, I demand greatness from Star Wars because it's Star Wars. You know, that's where I set the benchmark for a lot of things. And it's Star Wars. But, just like I mentioned before, this film, I think what's happening is it's going to fall Kinda in the Phantom menace kinda range, let's say. Where the Phantom Menace had some great sequences and then some pretty bad, choppy, ridiculous things. And we kinda were able to say, alright, yeah, yeah, but here comes a good sequence. Right around the corner there's another good sequence coming. This is what really happens here too. I mentioned it before. This movie is a rebooting of the franchise but they're doing it in the wrong place. When you reboot something, at least in my opinion, you're going to do it in a place where it's a fresh start, where you don't have to worry about stepping over things. What this movie did is basically more or less what Alien 3 did to the Alien trilogy at that point, and that is it stomps over old grounds 
and demolishes certain things that were built before it. I think the better choice here would have been to complete this trilogy in the manner that at least J.J. Abrams had started it. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm no J.J. apologist, just like, you know, most of us sometimes are Lucas apologists. But, yes, J.J. set up some major, major plot elements that maybe he didn't plan for because he knew he wasn't going to be dealing with it, so he let the next person deal with it. Things like Ray's heritage, Snoke's backstory, you know, Luke. How will Luke be acting in the future? Because in Force Awakens, we only got to see him for five seconds, and he doesn't say a word. So, yeah, there are all these things that are set up. And granted, if you hate J.J., which a lot of people hate J.J., they're going to blame him for throwing out these potential mysteries without any answers, which is his trademark in a way. He's done that in the past, if you guys remember Lost. He kind of got the ball rolling on the series, created all these myths, and then said, all right, here you go, guys, figure it out. And that's how the show functioned. So, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you if that's the problem. But nonetheless, he sets up these things. I expect whoever follows him to continue with that mythology, whatever that mythology happens to be. But it has to be true. It has to be true to the canon. And, yeah, that's one of the problems when you don't have one single person guiding, you know, the ship. Is that the, whoever happens to be the captain on watch will say, all right, now let's go 90 degrees in that direction. And I got a better idea. Let's go 180 degrees opposite direction. So that is a, a fault of the structure of how these films are apparently being put together. So I don't know. I, I imagine you blame Lucasfilm for that for because they are the ones who allowed, you know, that decision making to be made. Plus, I'm also pretty sure that Ryan Johnson didn't just say, listen, I'm a great guy. I'm writing this and you guys don't like it. Tough. No, Lucasfilm had to approve the story. So this is more of a Lucasfilm problem of letting Johnson go in his own direction at this particular point. What should have happened is you continue with the story that JJ put together, continue in that manner of the story and you finish this trilogy in a pleasant manner that does not you know diminish the memory of at least the original characters the original players and then once all that is out of the way sure go completely nuts set it in worlds that we've never heard of where rules are completely different the jedi are completely you know in a different thought of in a different way with different powers that's perfectly fine that's the whole point of moving on as you move on but to do this gear shift you know change in the middle i still think it's a bad idea because from a story from a writing perspective it's just awkward and jarring and it just doesn't fit right you know lucas might have been a lot of things for people that you know don't like him too much as far as his writing style and you know, he's not very good with characters in terms of how he writes them sometimes, very wooden. But one thing about him is that at least he was consistent within his own trilogies. He waited until the prequels in order to kind of redefine most of the rules of, you know, what Jedis can and cannot do and how people, you know, interact with each other and that sort of thing. There was a tighter control, more consistent control because you had one person making those decisions. And now I'm really not sure how many people are involved in making, you know, the soup. So anyway, what I have for you next is my friend James giving us his opinion thereby fulfilling <laughs> the trilogy of opinions so here's james what did i teach you you are the duke of new york you're a number one you will not laugh you will not cry you will learn by the numbers i will teach you can you dig it open the pod bay doors hell i'm sorry dave i'm afraid i can't do that that Horn of Satan! <laughs> oh, really? The Force will be with you, always. Alright, well, as promised, I'm giving you another, yet another opinion. You know, just so it doesn't sound like I'm the only one who might have issues with this. We've had, before, we had an individual who was 
pretty happy with what he saw with a couple of holes here or there, but overall happy. You know, I'm also in that camp. In other words, I'm not ready to throw this whole, you know, baby out, you know, with the, with the bathwater type of thing. But I had these kind of phantom menacey kind of plot holes that it's like really great stuff over here and really weird, bad stuff over there. So I'm, I'm trying to get somebody else's opinion. And I have James who has uh, been kind enough to join us again to give us his take on The Last Jedi. You're going to the <laughs> well on this one, digging, digging me out of, well, dig, digging me out of the grave. Tell me first, when did you see it? And you know, what kind of presentation was it? And that whole thing. I saw it on opening night the Thursday night at the IMAX 3D presentation, the best one in New York where everybody goes. And everything about that was fine. Actually, I do feel the 3D might have been a little wonky on this one. I haven't read anybody say, oh, it bothered them or anything. So it could have been just me. But I felt it took me to, you know, the, the to keep seeing it like 3D should be. I almost felt like I had to close yeah. one eye a lot. I don't know if other people had that issue. Really? And I didn't feel like wow. I read a lot of stories on it. It just, for me, it seemed a lot was happening. It was dark and gray in a lot of scenes. Could it be the combination of 3D and IMAX? It could be just a combination that I'm old and I can't see clearly anymore or something like that in my eyes. I don't know. Let me just ask you something. Before you give me your impression on the film, just so our listeners understand where you're coming from, it would help to know what were your, let's say, general impressions on the entire saga in terms of you're an OT guy, you're an original trilogy person, then there, there's the uh, the prequel people. How did you, you know, tell me how you feel more or less about those two, very general, and then how did you feel about Force Awakens and Rogue One? This way we kind of know where you're coming from, you know, with your opinion. So going into the theater, obviously, I like the original. I'm a Luke Skywalker, Han Solo guy. I like mm-hmm. Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. Empire is probably one of my favorite movies, as is a lot of people. But I think Empire and Star Wars A New Hope stand out. I think Jedi is then probably uh, third, but not a distant third or anything. I don't hate any of it. I just think if you lived through that era, by the time you got to Jedi, you were a little older. So it wasn't as new and exciting it was three movies in plus all the other movies that have come out from in the time past Star Wars, like, you know, Tron and Buck Rogers and Black Hole and Star Trek yeah. 1 and 2 yeah. and Road Warrior and everything we have experienced, Blade Runner. So by the time Jedi came, it wasn't as much awe and wonder. It was the conclusion of the story. Will we like it? Yes, it was entertaining. There was a lot going on. Was it as good as the other one? Probably not. It never can be. It's hard, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's how I felt. Prequel-wise, I like the prequels, and at the time I was disappointed, but I like them more as time passes, and I like them more as a result of the Clone Wars animated series. Okay. I think that shored up a lot of the problems with the characters and things because they were allowed to flesh out stuff that happens in between. So then, as you know that, going back into watching between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, because you have so much more depth to these characters it's okay when they get to the point of revenge of the sith you don't feel like ugh, i I don't anyway now i feel i i always was on the fence about it i liked it but i was not as excited as the original trilogy but now i'm good with it and i respect more what george was trying to do he wasn't trying to copy he was in the same world and environments and similar characters but now i like the fact that he tried something Fans just didn't go crazy with it. And I think there was probably not people like uh, Gary Kurtz and Irvin Kirshner and some other people that were in George's life during the original making of uh, A New Hope and Empire that probably could have helped him uh, clean it up a little bit. And it just at that point in his career, he was pretty autonomous and he, everybody around him was, yes, sir, yes, George, whatever you say, oh, it's wonderful, yes. And nobody really wanted to say, geez, this is a little flat or maybe you need somebody else for this or maybe you need some more of less or more of something. Let me just add something that I, I would also throw in with your opinion of the uh, prequels in terms of I don't think anybody could have accused Lucas of retelling the same story all over again. In other words, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, oh, he's just redoing Empire for, you know, for for the prequels or he's redoing Jedi or even he's redoing A New Hope. The template was all completely different. And now I think as I'll get to that, but I think now 
they're loosely trying to stay within a framework that works for some people, but it doesn't work for us, some of us. So I love Clone Wars, makes me like the prequels better. I pretty much love Rebels. I think they've really handled it well. I think they've brought themes that we like into the Star Wars universe and handled it through those rebel characters that make us like some of the things we've seen, you know, in the past, you know, it enhances them. And then finally, more recently, I love Rogue One because I feel like that's in the same universe as the original trilogy. I feel like Mm -hmm. they were very, you know, it's obviously you're making a movie 40 years later ish, but it was still loyal to the style the look, the feel of the environments and the ships and, and pretty much how the characters would have if they were, you know, if it was made, you know, 40 years ago. Which brings me yeah. finally to the the new trilogy. I didn't like Force Awakens in the beginning. I was entertained by it and there were elements of it that I liked. In that movie, in that world, I liked Poe and Finn and Rey and I liked how it kind of was trying to go forward in a universe that had been war-torn and derelicts of old ships and things like that. But as a fan, I didn't like the style. Now, it could be a knock on JJ or it can be just a knock on stuff that we've seen over and over again in Star Wars and in other movies. But I just feel they went too safe. They, okay, we need a sand planet because Tatooine was a sand planet. Okay, it'll be called Jakku. Okay, we need a uh, super weapon. Well, we had two Death Stars. Okay, it'll be uh, the Starkiller base. And, and we'll call it Starkiller because it'll be a throwback. And then we need a, uh, a little, uh, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And we need a, a Boba Fett type. And I just feel like, you know, they really didn't try anything. It was going to be a slam dunk, first of all. And they didn't need to do a copy. But I guess it's Disney. They wanted to play it safe. They wanted to make sure... Every, you know, every uh, box was checked. And in this case, for me, I know it made a gazillion dollars and it's, you know, it's it's a fan favorite for some people. But I explain this to people that I talk to. It's like cotton candy. It tastes good and it's going into your mouth. But basically, two seconds later, it's melted away. And I don't think anybody will be going back 40 years from now and ranting and raving how much they love from their childhood, The Force Awakens, as much as people of our generation and even the prequel people who love Star Wars. I just feel like that's something that's you'll go back and as part of a Star Wars group of movies that you watch or if you show it to your kids or grandkids or their kids, I don't think anybody's going to say, man, let's get together and watch The Force Awakens. And it's like, yeah, all right. Like we might say if we got together and had nothing to do to watch Empire Strikes Back or Star Wars or any of those type of movies that we tend to like from our past. So that brings me to... The Last Jedi. Now, The Last Jedi had so much hopes and dreams attached to it that maybe would not be able to ever be fulfilled, but I really feel like of all the movies, it's the worst, including the theatrical version of basically the uh, Clone Wars movie that they put out in 2008. And I, I don't, I don't want to say I hated it because there are elements. I was very disappointed in a lot of it. First of all, I'm a Luke Skywalker guy, and I I like Mark Hamill on his first his first look into that. Felt this was not Luke Skywalker. Every he even said he even comment, and there was a press comment, and they walked it back. And I'm sure somebody yeah, said, "Please, I, I've I'm, seen those." Yeah, I'm sure yeah. somebody said, "Please walk this back, no matter how you feel. We understand, but we need you to be. You know, we need we need everybody to be into it 100. Yeah. percent That he said, I disagree with everything <laughs> you've you've created for Luke Skywalker, or, or however it was. However, I'm uh, paraphrasing it. And after seeing it, I agree. That's not the Luke Skywalker I grew up with, and that's not the Luke Skywalker I imagined his future would be, and certainly not the Luke Skywalker and, and, and the fate of the characters around him that I would have wanted. And to me, I bring it back to people of my father's generation love John Wayne and a lot of guys like that, the Cowboys, you know, and they behaved in a certain way, whether they would fit into the modern world or not. That was the template, the type of template. And then there were people who were a little bit younger than my dad and a little bit older than us that Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood and those kind of guys were, you know, even Jack Nicholson to a, to a degree were, you know, those type of guys, you know, more modern man's men and things like that. And then you even have guys now who maybe a Will Smith or somebody is a, like a really uh, big star and people look up to him and say, yeah, that's the way that's the way a guy is. You know, he's blah, blah, blah. 
And now it kind of, you know, I've, I've read stuff, I've talked about it, explained it. It's a big disappointment to me that that's what they felt they needed to do. It, I feel like there's, there's some sort of, I'm not going to call it a conscious decision because that would certainly be crazy, but it's probably like an unconscious decision that you have to undo the past. It's kind of like when a son takes over the dad's business and says, well, I can do it better. And sometimes they do, but a lot of times they make a lot of mistakes and they lose customers and then they realize, ah, dad kind of knew what he was doing. I guess we better just keep going as long as we can make money and modernize. So what happens is you have Captain Kirk. We, you know, we've got to put Kirk and Picard together, but we got to kill Kirk. It's almost like they they couldn't wait to kill Kirk, and then they realized a few years later, geez, that probably was a mistake. We could have used William Shatner in a couple of other things, perhaps. You know, even even in cameos or quick quick you know quickie little things. Nope, he's gone. And now okay, we got to kill Han Solo. Oh, but he wanted to be dead in Empire and Jedi, and even in Empire, maybe he wanted to be dead. So let's give it to him. We can kill Han Solo. It's like. What is it about this new Luke that does not fit the original mold of Luke? Well, he's not a hero. He, I, and, and I understand that heroes sometimes get challenged and beat up. But this guy is not a hero. This guy is like Yoda went away to hide, not to because he was afraid. Yoda went away to hide because he wanted to be there if there was the opportunity to train future. This guy doesn't want to train people. He doesn't want to be involved. He left his sister. He left his friends. He left his... First of all, the universe is in shambles. Not that one man can change it all, but I would like to think the Luke Skywalker of Star Wars Empire and Jedi would have at least tried. You know, I didn't care for this. I didn't care for this interpretation. And... While I, I assume we're allowed to discuss in terms of loose spoilers here, people who are listening probably oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're yeah, we're spoiling everything. We're spoiling <laughs> it all. His ending was a little bit, uh, you know, it was a little bit jovial. It was a little bit like, yeah, if they actually fought, if they were actually face to face with each other, and that's how it went down. Even if he died, he basically set Kylo Ren straight in a lot of ways. But it was almost like, you know fire everything at him and then he's not there okay and then he's wiping off the dust off his shoulder like <laughs> you know it's like all right i mean yeah that's not terrible but then the whole thing it winds up can can the can you even do that with the force i guess i guess now the force can do that you can be galaxies away or planets away and you can project yourself clearly that the enemy believes it's you okay it just didn't feel good to me that that's how he went out and then basically you know he won but he lost because now he's dead well let me ask you, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I've never seen before to use to this extent, and I'm talking about the humor. To me, some of it worked, and some of it went way too far to the point where it's satirical now. It's it's almost like, now it's a comedy. A lot of people said it. It's Star Wars by way of Spaceballs. Yeah, Spaceballs or, or Robot Chicken or, or Family Guy. The thing about these movies is, when you step aside, comic book movies, science fiction movies, uh, even Indiana Jones and certain cop-type shows and movies, if you look too closely, it's so easy to make fun of it because it's not realistic, and we know that. So certain times you need a little lightheartedness or a little chuckle. And that's fine. But if you start laughing at it within, and the characters within are laughing at themselves, and I, I, yeah. the first two minutes, the, the General Hux thing, and other people have said it to me and said, uh, you know, oh, I think he's making, he, he, you're, he's a, using your tool or something. It's like, uh, you, he's you, tooling first with of, you, sir. Yeah, he's tooling with you. I mean, first of all, that's modern colloquialism. So I don't know if that's <laughs> necessary. Like, but it's it's okay. But you're almost like you know now you're taking me out of it because you're using modern language. It's like yeah, he's dissing you, sir, or something like that. It's like you know, oh no, he didn't. You know, it's like are we going to go at that level next? And what I think is, and we can go back to Disney or JJ or anybody, but it's the Marvel. It's the Marvel style of movies. Well, that's the first thing I thought of when I was seeing it. Is the is this Thor Ragnarok? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know if you saw Thor Ragnarok, but the comedy works in Thor Ragnarok. Exactly, and it would work with. And, and Spider Man is saying goofy things. That's the way his character yeah, was written. But, but this is a little more serious. Exactly. This is supposed to be serious. It's not it, that we have the fate of galaxies and stuff. And maybe that maybe they're trying to say, hey, it's just a movie. But if they're not taking it serious, why should I? And why should most of the audience? And I think that's hurt them. Or let me give you another example. This is not an offshoot movie. Maybe if you want to expect. Yeah, the, with something in, in a little Han, more silly, use the Han Solo movie. Yeah, you want to make that a little more lighthearted movies. because yeah. they're they're young, they're scoundrels, they're upstarts. Fine. <laughs> and ironically, the two directors were fired because they were saying they were making it too funny. Yeah, and the, for and, the Han and, Solo movie. And the whole thing, it's like if you're not again, if you're not going to respect it, why should I? Yeah. And that's where I fell off right away. 
And then there's obviously the plot holes we're going to get to. And then it was just way too long. It was not necessary. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the character of Finn. Finn was exciting. He was we were watching it through his eyes, just like like here's a guy who's now seeing the universe from a different angle, and he's excited about it, and he's not meeting, in this movie, <laughs> and he's meeting new people, and in this movie he's hanging out, and I would have rather them say, and I've read different reasons they were originally going to put Poe with him, and then they couldn't put Poe with him because that would have wrecked some other thing down the line, and it wouldn't have worked, and it would have made it seem to me I would have rather them say. Finn's got to go on this mission with uh, with that girl, and I hope they succeed. And then they go, and you can show them they're out there, and then you can come back to them and cut out a half hour of crap because uh, it it didn't it wasn't necessary. I think the whole thing they were trying to get a Lando s character without Lando and get a name like Benicio del Toro to get part of it because uh, they yeah. had, and and he was a waste. He was a wasted character, and and. Has anybody ever said to you, Benicio del Toro is a breath of fresh air in a movie, and he's he's so dynamic? No, Benicio del Toro comes in because of his uh, his cool, because of his understated performance, and because he he can he can kill you by you know his smoldering. He like he's gonna kill you by just looking at you type of thing. Some in some of his movies, and now look, it was just. What a waste! And then to come to and like, to, okay, now yeah, he's the bad guy. Like, oh geez, I didn't see that coming a mile away, and so that that let me down. And finally, another character was wasted was Laura Dern, and you put Laura Dern in, and she's got a <sighs> she's she's got a pedigree of big movies, and she's beautiful, and she's and it's like, well, geez, why not just give all that heroicness and that 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 badass heroicness that she was having with Poe, and just give that to Carrie Fisher. And let Carrie Fisher die at the end because we, but because now she's passed away. You had to let her go eventually, and now we could just sorry, Laura, thank you, you were beautiful, but now we've lost Carrie Fisher, and we could make her be the one who sacrificed herself. And there's not a dry eye in the house that she's gone because she's gone in real life, just like any of these movies when the Joker die, when it's Heath Ledger who dies on the screen in front of you, even though it wasn't. It's when uh, Paul Walker dies in, in or leaves leaves the screen at the end of the movie in the in his last Fast and Furious. He's gone and you cry and you're sad because we know he's dead and various other characters who are never coming back and sometimes they can handle it well. And now at the end, everybody's giving big hugs and Leia's still there and it's like, Luke's gone, Leia's still there, but she can't come back. She's gone and they didn't even consider that now. How are they going to do it? Leave a little on the cutting room floor. Maybe you make her a ghost with some of her her performances and just put new lang- you know, put a voice actor in or do different, you know, do something. But now you've boxed yourself in a corner. And why was Laura Dern there? What, what's the point? She basically came in to bust pose buns and then be somewhat heroic, but it seems like a waste. It just seems like everything in this movie was squandered. Speaking of Leia, you mentioned Leia. Tell me what you thought of her, because I had a really big problem, and I know I'm not the only one. Oh. Uh, they're, they're ma- there's major problems, but this the her space flight scene, yeah. what'd you think of that? She can be powerful in the Force, especially after 30 years of either getting some training from Luke or honing it on her own with experience and and and, and but she hasn't <laughs> but but now she's floating in space like like Kal-El or uh, you know Mary Poppins or I, I I don't even know what to say of it and it's almost like she's not even willing it to happen it's she, the force that's rescuing her okay not her channeling the force and then afterwards she's still incapacitated for a quarter of the movie and yeah. what's what a waste of her so why are we it's, wasting it's, Carrie Fisher when we know now? Now, that's fine. When they wrote the movie, we didn't know she was going to pass. And when they filmed most of the movies, they didn't know she'd pass. But they had a year before it was released to retool and re- reconfigure some things. And they could have made her the heroic ending. And she's doing it because at that point, there's one ship left. And then that ship's gone. And there's nobody left except the few people who the Millennium Falcon saved. So what could be more heroic? They even wasted Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar is the hero that they brought back from 30 years ago. And he's got one of the most yep. famous lines in movie history now, ironically. Not just Star Wars history. It's a trap. Okay. Everybody's going to be saying anytime you hear the word trap, you're going to think Admiral Akbar if you're from a certain age. And he dies off screen. They gave General Raditz in the Rogue One a better heroic ending than the guy who was the hero of three decades you know what I'm saying and uh, I, 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 it's just a movie it's just a movie they're allowed to do what they want <laughs> I'm just not I'm just not into participating anymore and sometimes and, and I took and I said this I texted some people and I said it's right there in the movie you can't ask for anymore 
Let the past die. Let it end. It's got to die. Kylo Ren, the mo- he, he's got the most perfect line, and some people are now reading into that saying that they did this movie on purpose because they want to go forward. No. Make these movies as reverential as anything else in Star Wars that you consider reverential. And then they gave this director three more movies, theoretically, to work with, his own trilogy to work with. Put him, and then you can you can be funny, you can be unreverential, you can make the Force, now the Force can make balloon puppets, whatever you want, do it in that movie. But make these three movies the, the same vein and continuation and seriousness because now I feel like if you show these movies, there's clearly this movie, what, the, which one doesn't belong? This is the square peg in the round hole of Star Wars because it's not going to hold up. I'm telling you, the people who think they love it right now, once it comes out on home video, nobody goes to see movies as many times as they used to anyway and the ones that do are just really true fans that will go see out of respect and they may actually like it. What I'm saying is this movie made me like The Force Awakens and I didn't like The Force Awakens as we've just discussed. So that's something. Well, some of the feedback I'm hearing and it is, you know, I get the feeling a lot of it might be, I could be wrong, but a lot of it could be just blowback against JJ. In other words, I hate JJ so much that I'm going to love whatever the next guy does. But but JJ's not part of this movie. Because and they, they they're, pe- they're, they're people that are almost like, good, this is destroying what JJ did. We love the fact that the that JJ's world is well, getting destroyed what George in did. terms of the the story. They're destroying what George did even. I'm even I'm even reading people are saying, oh, they blame George Lucas for this. And it's there's, there's actually, that's a good thing that somebody said that because they're bringing out potential things that were part of George's treatments that were basically thrown in the garbage. And to me, this Star Wars should be still somewhat part of George Lucas. And I know it's it, life goes on, he sold the company, that's that, blah, blah, blah. They've made James Bond movies without Ian Fleming. They've made all kinds of, they've made Peanuts without, you know, Charles Schultz. It goes on and go, on and on. But the man is there, he provided you with a treatment, and you said, thanks, we're going to do it our way. Well, don't be surprised if it doesn't all come together because that doesn't feel what I saw doesn't feel like Luke Skywalker it doesn't feel like Princess Leia and it certainly doesn't feel like the Star Wars that I know what did you think of Canto Bite the fact that we are now traveling to a new location stupid other than the fact that it is kind of pointless that they were there in the first place because they didn't achieve anything but what do you think of this new world? It was for them to show off a Bespin-esque, check off the box. We need a Hoth-esque type thing with AT-ATs. Well, instead of six AT-ATs, we want 20 AT-ATs, and they're bigger, and they're monkey-looking, and they're stronger, and they can't be knocked over. Okay, so we need a, we need a Bespin-style guy with our, with our scoundrel who's going to betray them. Okay, well, let's make it here. And, like, why? Even, even, to, even the original guy, if anybody even realizes this in the movie— the guy they were looking for wasn't Benicio del Toro. That was an accident. No. The guy they were looking for was Jennifer Aniston's husband in real life, yeah. who had a bad. But they get arrested on. before they can approach him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, why would you even put that guy in there? He's a fantastic writer and a good actor, but why would you put him in there? Why not put in? Billy D. Williams, who is still alive, and then have him get scooped up or something, and it's like, whoa, hey, you know, and, and he could be charming and funny, and then go to Benicio. If you don't want to get Lando involved in being a scoundrel a second time and, and stabbing his friends in the back. What I'm saying is, why would you pick people that don't have any connection to the movies and don't, is it just because we can give out favors to people who want to be in a Star Wars movie? Well, they wasted that guy. Cameo, yeah, cameos to your friends, I guess. But they wasted that guy. Like, at least, okay, they supposedly put, like last time they put Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper and they supposedly put this time, they put the the Prince Harry and, and William and a couple, you know, a couple of other people I've been reading and uh, the guy who played Tom Rob, Hardy, yeah, the guy who played Robin ones, yeah. in, the last, in the last Batman movie that anybody liked. It's, yeah, he played the voice of the the guy that turns them into the cops. Yeah, J- it's some Jason kind of, Levin. Some kind of Something. creature. That's that's all fine, but it's like the character of consequence turns out to be of no consequence, and it's got a, an actor with a bad mustache. It's like really, why doesn't he have a funny nose and glasses too? Did did they? Because clearly they were making a joke that he was supposed to be some like a sophisticate, and then he gets swept up in this whole you know. Well, and, and, the whole thing to me looked like something out of the James Bond movie, like a Casino Royale type of super luxurious. Yeah, resort I guess they were trying to make place. they were trying to make Finn not just some scoundrel. But you know what? By that point, Finn already pissed me off, and here's why: because he was already trying to escape again, and I know he was going it for good causes to go find his friend Ray because she'd never she'd never find us again if if we leave and we. But he's already been a again. Well, he's, she, he's actually trying to get her not to come there because they're trapped. I know, but what I'm saying is he looks like he's trying to escape, and the girl has to stun him. 
for because it yeah. seems like he's trying to escape. And you know what? In the last movie, he was already trying to escape because he was a bit of a coward, or seemingly like yep. he, it was too. And now it made him. So I'm supposed to find him to be one of my top three characters in this movie. And now twice they've made him into a wuss, into a, a coward running away. Whether he did or not, I understand. Speaking of that girl, what did you think of the character Rose in terms of her? Pur- what's her purpose? Hated and, her. And do you like her or not like her? Hated her. Complete waste. And it's it's racist for me to say it. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a the terrible person. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm all these other bad things you're going to say or the it's audience can say. With the, it's got nothing to do with the race. It's, they it's put the her character. In, it's they a useless put her in, character. Marvel is trying, and Disney is trying to, movie companies in general are trying to have a bigger presence in Asia and China in particular. It's a character that maybe was able to be identified with, a heroic character was that could be identified with the, with the Asian community. It's a fact. You don't tell me it's not. You can call me names and say I'm a racist for saying it. No, no. But what I'm saying true. is that if it's she wasn't thing, Asian. The same thing in Rogue One they put in those guys. Now, those guys were perfect. Those guys, they couldn't have been two better guys in Rogue One that, than those guys. No, no, but James, what I'm them. saying is think about this for a second. If she wasn't Asian, if, if she was plain white or black or Hispanic, the character would be just as useless. I would feel completely, exactly the same about the purpose. And, and that's why I'm telling you earlier. Completely a waste. Say... Finn and Rose are off on a mission. I hope they succeed. Yeah, we if without them, we're never gonna. They're they're the most important people in the universe right now. Make them, and then when they come back with in with the heroics, don't show me all that stupid Canto bite thing, bite whatever. It's just it it was the well, worst. And 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 finally, to me, it looks like they're forcing a love triangle. Really, yeah. that's what they're trying to force. And and, and, un, and unfortunately, there was no there was no. I didn't feel any. Like I didn't like. There's no chemistry with Han, Luke, and Leia. You felt like, hey, this could go either way. Until all of a sudden, by the end of Empire, you're like, there's no way she's Han's girl. This one, there was no no chemistry. No, I didn't want chemistry. It it made me even cringe a little bit that they were getting involved because it's like, oh, really? Is that what they're trying to do? Let's just let's just you know move forward and keep with the action and not try to mimic any you know anything in the past. And finally, the the whole the whole Poe thing. What a complete waste. He starts off like a superstar, and then he's like. Oh, what are they doing? Like, like then he's, you know, he's kind of. They've got to generate excitement with him because he's just another one of these guys on the ship saying, "What aren't you telling us? Why aren't we doing this? Why, why, why are we not trying to save more people?" And I just, by that point, I just, I couldn't care less. It's like you're wasting everybody. Just, just let. But him what all- are you more upset about? The fact that he keeps ask, he keeps demanding an answer, or the fact that he, that Laura Dern's character Holder doesn't say anything. She oh. just keeps her mouth shut and makes the situation worse. It was poorly written. Why was it a secret? Why doesn't she just say, "Look, <laughs> I'm a hero from the past. I've got a plan. You have to respect me. I'm in charge, and this is this is kind of what my plan is." Like, what was she afraid there was like uh, a spy? Like, I don't know. Was, was they're going to find out? Well, no, there's really I like- hear that basically she's trying to teach him a lesson to not be such a hot shot but i think it's the worst time in the in the world okay, to well, teach somebody a lesson in the middle of a crisis and besides the fact that star wars turned into battlestar galactica which what battlestar galactica was supposedly a rip off of star wars all those years ago with okay we're only down to four ships and 30 people oh we're only down to three ships and 20 people oh i hope we don't lose that ship oh now we lost that ship too uh where are we gonna we gotta go hide oh i hope we can somebody's gonna save us it's like <laughs> really messages it's same thing in the old bat in the new battlestar galactica where they still remember have re- that episode 33 where they keep they keep finding them every 33 minutes well that 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 was that was reminiscent of this but also <laughs> and also, it's like all in the original in the in the new Battlestar Galactica. It's like, oh, we've yeah. got we've got media people. Oh, Madam President, Madam President. There's there's fifty thousand or less people at the end of the show. They're probably down to like under fifty, between forty and fifty thousand, if they're even lower by that time. It could have been. I don't even remember what the math was. But we still got we still got the reporters asking dumb questions like. Really? That's the most important thing? We want to know what the president thinks about something? How about she just talks to everybody of the fleet? People of the fleet, there's only a, a Yankee Stadium worth of us left. Let's uh, let's do what I plan to do, and Adama's going to help us. Okay. Same thing in this movie. Just tell the people, there's, there's, there's barely any of them left. Leia's already been sucked out and sucked back in. Come on. Let's not play games. And it, by the end, I didn't care. And we haven't even gotten to Rey yet, Rey and, and Kylo. Well, let me throw a couple more characters at you. Phasma. 
Is she dead finally? Do you think she's dead? Well, if she's not... And, what the, if, and again, if, another wasted character. If she's not, it's stupid. She should have been dead already. I understand. Let her have that backstory of like uh, saving yourself at the last minute and pinning the blame on some other doofus or something. And... You know, because but then I figured for sure in this one she's gonna have something. No, not much. Banged her stick around with Finn and eventually got blown mm-hmm. out. And it's like, all right, really? At least Boba Fett got sucked down into a whatever that was, the Sarlacc. <laughs> this was just, yeah, she got blown up. It's gone. Finn didn't even kill her. It wasn't even Finn. You know, no, she kind of fell. She yeah. fell down in the in the pit, the Help, fire pit. I, I fall and then I can't get up. Um, but now okay. let me ask you something, B- B- Snoke. His backstory, the fact that they they apparently might not be giving us any importance to who he is. Yeah, Does that bother fine. you at all? That's fine. You know, all all the time between the, the, the trouble with what we do and what, what happens, now it's turned in. It, it was the Wild West and it was fun. Now it's kind of like, oh, if I put three three theories of Snoke proven, somebody will click on it. I'll get 10,000 clicks and somebody will – then I'll get $10 in my uh, in my YouTube account. So now people are like, oh, we know what this is. It's definitely – it's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's like turned out it was none of it. And that might have been an F you. That might have been a conscious F you from the writer and the director to say, you know, everybody doesn't have to be somebody, which we had been actually clamoring for. I would have actually been annoyed if Ray was – somebody's daughter or something that they didn't remember or they didn't want to talk about or something. It would have felt so cheesy that the whole universe revolves around these same three people all the time, nothing. There's no other dynamic parts of the universe that some new people. So if that's the case, I still think there's something else. There's probably something. It was just too simple. Some people are even saying that Snoke is now kind of in Kylo because he got cut in half so just too easy yeah. it was just like you a guy like that is in charge of everything and punking everybody and then he gets punked himself as the kids say it just seems a little it seems a little wacky that it was so easy that that was it but it actually felt good as i was watching it was like yeah f him after all that f him and um but that's why i think there's probably something we'll find out about it you know but you know the whole thing. Oh, I've I've helped you to communicate. Uh, it's my, I I did it, and you communicated. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, you can communicate, and I and she can see you with your shirt off. So be careful. Uh, you know that's a little little weirdness in there. That reminded me of Anakin with his shirt off in uh, Attack of the Clones. But then it turns into wait a minute. They're still communicating after Snoke's supposed to be dead. So am I supposed to read into that that Snoke is still a presence somewhere and maybe yeah? How, how are they doing that if if he's dead? Well, maybe he's like I said. That's why people are trying to say he's actually in Kylo now somehow. He's, right. He's or, or maybe Kylo figured that would out how to do it. Actually, make sense and make it know? less of a make it less of a you know a cop out. You know that would then at least okay. Yeah, we think he's gone. It was so easy. Kylo's the most powerful man in the universe, except it's really inside him is you know like this boogeyman. What about Yoda? What did you feel about his cameo in the film? His his secret part. You know, it was nice to see him and all that, but it was kind of like, you know, Yoda is in the world of Star Wars, whether people want to admit it or not, Yoda is responsible for a lot of the troubles that existed in this universe, from Anakin to the troubles that Luke has to go through. To, it's like, Yoda, the most powerful Jedi Master, is going to, you know, he's trained generations of people and he's going to train Luke and everything like that. It's like, but that's the guy who couldn't tell that Sidious was standing in front of him all those years, turning into the most, you know, evil leader of the free universe so the whole thing yeah i think they were a little disingenuous how they treated yoda a, a little apology maybe he says you know i was screwed up and I, I i think i learned from screwing up that maybe then he could be that irreverent guy he said oh you know it was funny oh did you read those books real page turners there were you know that was funny everybody laughed i laughed that's fine because usually most of the time that these sacred sacred scrolls or sacred books or even you know whatever they're they're mostly bs that people just put on a pedestal and say you're supposed to like them but they're just you know yeah but ray has them now they're in the falcon i know but that what i'm saying is the whole the whole interpretation is he was dismissing it all it's all bullshit he's saying it's all bullshit either do it or don't do it that that was basically his lesson do or or do not there's no try well now he's like saying eh, yeah you don't have to read them if you want ah that tree ah that all that crap i mean he's basically shitting on all the stuff that they've set up that he was the founder and guardian of for all those years that people had to go to him and get his approval and kiss his ring and and now ah eh, you know you don't have to read them they're stupid just you know okay fine whatever 
But, you know, it was nice to see. Why don't you now tell me what did you like about there's got to be something good because I found a lot of things that I did enjoy about the film. There was just a lot of things I did not enjoy. But what were some of the good things or sequences that you liked? I liked Poe and, and, and oh, well, I didn't get um, about while well, while I'm about to say that BB-8 is now like the they call it the Deuces machine or something like that. However, it's pronounced like <sighs> BB-8 can do everything. BB-8 can fly. BB-8 can become a casino and well, he's like an anim- he's like an animated character now yeah. you know so that's that 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 was the fine he he was one of my favorite characters and now they've all kind of like fallen apart i liked him and poe in the beginning i think they have an awesome relationship and like oh you brought back my droid or something at the end and you could tell there was a genuine bond between those two characters like luke and r2 or r2 and 3po or han and chewy so at least yeah. they've been able to replicate for the modern world, a team, so to speak. And people, you you get the opinion that they really do care about each other in this movie. Did you like the new ships in the beginning, the bombers and the other ships? I like the Porgs. I know that's going to find people. that that's People are going to find that a surprise, that I'm going to say that. I really felt they had the right tone, and they were the right, they, they, they appeared at the right times. Even the Chewy eating one of them was kind of like, hey, yeah. you know, there's there's a, there, there's more to the universe than just your, you, 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 you and, I like that they kind of then became, you know, an entity, a part of it. I, I don't know why I like it. It did. It wasn't because like they're cute or anything. They're not even that cute. It fit. Their tone fit. Maybe even better than the Ewoks. And I and I don't have a problem with the Ewoks for what they were. What else did I like? I was not inspired by John Williams' music. I was a little disappointed. I thought because the way this guy has made movies, I thought we were going to get some sp- spectacular cinematography. And people are saying, oh, you know, the Octo scenes are so beautiful. It's Ireland and everything. It's like everything looked gray to me. Everything just seemed gray and boring. And I didn't feel like there was anything exciting that I want to see again where I could still, I'm, I mean, I'm still learning things about Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi that I want to see again because of, you know, there's 4K now and you see little things or things that have been added or whatever. There's nothing in this movie I feel Man, I want to see. You know, I think they tried to be a little absurd. It didn't bother me, but they tried to be a little absurd with Luke getting his green milk. That that that's one of your favorites. A, li- a little, you think? <laughs> that was one of your favorites because you know you you love milk so much and green milk especially. Oh. If only you could have one of those in your lake. But the whole thing, like that, was just part of it. That was just part of his. This isn't Luke Skywalker. He's acting like a, a jerk. For whatever reason, he's treating her like a jerk. She doesn't know. She wasn't there. You know, and then why throw the lightsaber over your shoulder? Like, F you, eh, whatever, eh. You brought this thing, how holy- Like it's a turd or something. Not (laughs) not any confusion, like, holy cow. I mean, the force is crazy, but how is this back in my hands after all these decades and all this, uh, you know, excitement that's happened in our lives? Maybe I better ask this girl some questions. It's like, maybe he knew. It's possible he knew the force. Maybe the force talked to him and told him there'd be another. Okay, but at that point, it made it seem like he was just a big douche. And I was disappointed that that's what my hero became. And then I figured at some point he would redeem himself. And I guess he did in a way. What did I like? I loved that R2 and Luke had that same connection when they saw each other. I loved that the message of A New Hope with yeah, Leia yep. was brought back to help him convince himself or be, you know, however it was convinced. Uh, I do think Yoda played an important part, but I also think they forget his role in the trouble. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, oh yes, he's so wonderful and everything. It's like, dude, you couldn't see the guy standing in front of you that was the biggest evil. Just that you lose your moral, you know, moral compass or whatever. And uh geez, what else? How did you like the fight in the throne room with the Praetorian guards? That was my favorite part of the whole it's movie. It's funny, I thought you would say that because I know you like those kind of guards and those things. I thought there was something missing here and I thought it was shot very flat. I don't know. It it didn't feel right. Something about it didn't feel right the way they shot it. And they were trying to like make it a little more dynamic than other fight scenes in Star Wars. And now these guys, we've only seen those guards either in the animated shows or standing there basically looking menacing as guards. But now they actually, you know... These are probably what those guards can do. They're they're like ninjas. They're they're the they're the elite elite forces. But I didn't like the way that scene was shot personally. I just thought something felt weird. It felt like it 
was you know sometimes they put like movies and it'll have that weird feel like they stretch it out or something it didn't it just to me it didn't feel like as cool as i could have hoped for i know what your favorite part was in canto bite every, them riding on those horse uh, and no uh, and that that disappointed creatures me. and i saw the harry potter moment of the movie yeah i saw that coming from a mile away and uh, yeah harry potter i forgot about that i was gonna say the never-ending story it's like oh it's so wonderful that's now. that's exactly what i said never-ending story i said fly, that too <laughs> we can fly away and everything is wonderful in the world and uh, it, oh please i'm just like you don't don't hit the button uh, it bring a tear to my eye too. Oh, and it's like uh, that made me hate that character even more. That Rose. Uh, it's like, uh. what about the opening battle with the new ships, the Dreadnought and the bombers, the Rebel bombers? Yeah, that's the one I said I liked. The Poe Poe in the battle. But as soon as then they get to the point where the bombers are, I didn't like the bombers. I I didn't think. I know I sound terrible. I, I didn't hate the movie. I just didn't like it. It just wasn't a good Star Wars movie. It might have been an okay science fiction movie if it didn't have the word Star Wars attached to it, and I might have found some more things to like. But in the world that I expect, when you uh, we've talked about this, you go to a James Bond movie, you expect a British-speaking guy who can use some smarts and gadgets and, and strength to beat the bad guy who wants to conquer the world. There are certain things you want. You might want a pretty lady in there that sometimes he dates or whatever or hangs out with, and that's what you get from... You, same thing. The Harry Potter movie, you get a couple of kids who are magically inclined trying to fight off a bad guy who's also magically inclined. There's just things. Well, in this one, we come to expect cool-looking ships, and they've been selling these ships like through the Legos, through the toys. Like They, they must be fantastic. This must be the greatest thing Look at they're selling them so much. They're, they're <laughs> iconic. They must. They're already iconic. No, the the walkers. Why do we even need the walkers on that planet? You got the cannon. The walkers are just there in addition because we can make twenty walkers CGI. The bombers, same thing. Bombers pretty much didn't do anything. But they had to be. They had to have something. Well, the walkers. I mean, I think I figured out the reason why you saw both regular walkers and the big ones is just so you can tell the difference in size i think yeah well then just have the regular ones how about that just so you can say wow look these new ones are twice look, as big they brought back the a-wings <laughs> the a-wings were crap then and they're crap now but they brought them back at least we could identify with them and they seem cool still all those years later but and then then the new x-wings are basically based on the macquarie x-wings and stuff or, or whatever whoever designed that particular style of x-wing well the cool thing about the x-wing is in the beginning and i think i mentioned this to you was that 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 fifth engine in the in the back it is part again not the, I don't know if they did it on purpose or not but it is part of the initial concept sure. model that I think Colin Cantwell did and you see that third you see that extra engine some of that kind of stuff and is that was cool, cool that they bring back but after a while it's like they've done it in Rebels they've done it in Rogue One they've done it in Force Awakens now okay now you're gonna do it just let's have some new cool stuff use that as a basis and move on but I didn't like any of the ships the dreadnoughts everything can you explain to me how a universe that has basically seen the rise and fall of the Empire, the resistance, the rebels, whatever they're going to call themselves, have basically been the law and order for a good portion of the past 30 years. And all of a sudden, the First Order come back out of the ashes of the Empire and have such... Everything is three times the size, if that, if not more. The Snoke ship... If you look inside the book, the cutaway book, inside Snoke's ship oh, I did. It's, is it's, a 50,000-person arena. So imagine a baseball or football stadium inside the ship. So you know how big they are in real life. Add that into a ship. No, then the ship is, cannot the ship even is ginormous, <laughs> ridiculously ginormous. Then the other ships are bigger than the old ships used to be. Like you had Vader's ship was like, oh my God. The executor, it's like, oh my God, it's so big. It's majestic. It's got its own, it's got its own music, theme music. And that was a toy compared to the star destroyers in this new in yeah you can park a few of them inside in the book okay how did this happen how where did they get the money from who's doing it who's got the factories and throughout all that time nobody knew holy shit you know i heard something on the other side of the galaxy they're kicking ass in this factory building all this stuff you might want to check it out i'm not sure if it means anything but oh yeah. no 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 we're much too busy governing we much much too busy fighting amongst ourselves and governing for us to go to the other side to check out what's going on in this uh unknown territory and how do they still have an unknown territory you have an unknown territory in the old days you maybe have an unknown territory during the war because that's where like the chaos is and the, and like the smugglers and stuff so you don't you really can't police everything if you're the empire and now there's still unknown territory you didn't you didn't send out envoys to bring the unknown territory into to the 
resistance or to the republic. It's as if the empire continued to work and function in, in the outer territories and, and people were still, I guess, enslaved by them like nothing ever happened. And F like the they, republic if they can't figure out how to... It's like winning World War II and then letting <laughs> Germany... Well, you know, we've, we've got Berlin under, but Hamburg is, you know, we don't know what's going on there. Maybe they're building new stuff. Well, they're probably they're probably okay up there. You know, it's like no, you've got to be you 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 won. You got to take over. And if there's people, you fight the battle, the battle of Jakku. The ships crashed. You saw the derelicts of them. How do they build these massive structures? Who's paying for it? Now I want to know who's where's the money coming from? Who's 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 getting the money? <laughs> well, let me ask you a, a wrap-up question here, and that is, going forward here, what they're telling us here is basically that the resistance is, is over because there's not enough people left. They started well, out, you know, the movie starts exactly where the previous one ends. They're, ex they're evacuating that same base where they were celebrating the destruction of Starkiller Base, and now the movie ends with a handful of people that, bear, bear, you know, that can fit into the Falcon. Yeah. So what are we well, talking about, 30 people maybe? They didn't maybe? kill everybody. They just killed those freedom fighters. So the Republic home worlds are basically destroyed from the Starkiller Base. And now, right. and now the, the elite forces or the, the forces that Leia took with her. The fleet. The, the people. See, see, that's the thing. That wasn't all. That wasn't all the Republic. That was the resistance that Leia took with her because she wasn't getting any support from her, and they were enemies. Right. The Republic so is now there's no longer no, exists now there's because no they, resistance. all the home worlds got blown yeah, up. Now there's no resistance. But what you're going to find now is because I suppose they're in the next movie or something. They're going to allege that these people start coming out of the woodwork now because these people fought and sacrificed and died, and now other people have to step up. And that's what I think they're showing. I think they're showing they, they they pushed a little bit too much with hope 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 in the past couple movies. But Poe, the next leader. But this yeah, kid at the end, which really was not the right tone, but I get what they're doing. That kid is like a representative of other people. It could be it could be stable boys who that's the future. It's not the future. Isn't heroes and and Jedi and uh, masters and force users. The heroes are the people who have the will and maybe have some force sensitivity or maybe they just have the right stuff as they say like I basically Finn it turns out is just a guy he's just a guy who was a stormtrooper he switched sides and he's doing the right thing supposedly it's people like that 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 the universe is going to count on next and I guess besides the whole Kylo and Rey force stuff the rest of the universe is basically regular the regular common people stepping up and finally putting an end to tyranny or something like that or whatever do you think the next movie is going to have to jump like let's say 10 years into the future so these younger kids can grow up enough to be actors in the next film or you think they'll stick to the current timeline oh no i think it's the current timeline. i don't think it's going to i think it's going to move ahead a few years i don't think it has to be decades i think it's less than 10 years and more than probably two or three years so but who knows you know like they're all on the run hiding but you can't really expect me to believe that they're going to not show us the next 10 years when kylo can communicate with ray like he's got a cell phone with her like they're instant messaging you know it's <laughs> it's a little too corny to believe that they wouldn't find each other just from their force sensitivities or something like that so that's why i think it won't be an exorbitant amount of time that passes I kind of don't care. I know it sounds terrible, but I really, I'm not being bitter. I'm not being anything. You killed Luke. You killed Han. It's over. Thank you. Thank you for the ride. That was your interpretation of it. I didn't like it, and I don't want to watch it anymore. It's just like, it's like a series. If they kill all your favorite characters, like there's been series that like, oh, they killed everybody, and now there's all these new people. It's like, well, geez, it's not the same show. It's not Friends if you don't have Chandler and, uh, you know, and Rachel and all these characters. If if suddenly it was, uh, you know, Ted and Mary and, you know, Cheech, you'd be like, eh, well, they're all friends, and they knew the other friends, but they're not my friends. And so these people, my heart's not with them. I, I'm glad I'm glad there was a nice movie, and I'm glad I got to see Luke and Leia and Han one more time. But if that's how it is, it's not for me. And that's that's basically where I would say, let it die. Let it end. I can still buy some Legos of the sets that I like. I can still follow it with you, but I don't have to have it in my invest. And I think that's the best for most people. Anyway, we should move on and get a life, as they say in the old days with William Shatner. We should enjoy it and maybe not look into it so much and maybe that was maybe that was the plan maybe in a year or so we're going to figure it out and they'll have more interviews and they'll say yeah i really just want we, we really just wanted to deconstruct the whole thing and 
start fresh. But why not do that after the third movie and then make all the future Star Wars movies? All right. Because the next movie, J.J. can just kind of reverse everything that he didn't well, like of this that's movie. That's a bad plan. Who knows? That's the they, complete opposite. It is that's a bad a, plan. It is a horrible plan. You should have consistency. You should have canon exist yes. at least within a that's trilogy. That's the complete opposite of a series. That's kind of like a hodgepodge of movies that fit in a similar <laughs> world. And so if that really is the case and and he does backtrack things or make make it no no we were kidding ray really is the the daughter of you know joe blow the the former jedi master and snoke is really uh the you know the the offshoot of the you know the the king of uh wishy-washy land or something like that all right well fine then he can do that but like i said i'll see it i think this was the last one i'm rushing to i didn't even want to do it but i had originally thought i was going to see it with some friends and then the friends had babies and i couldn't you know they weren't going to and basically well I got my ticket still. I guess I'll still go. And it was basically a game time decision. I almost still wasn't going to go that day. But I was like, eh, I'm in the city. I'm a few blocks away. I guess I should just go see the movie because I can say I saw it one way or the other. And I didn't expect to dislike it as much as I did. I didn't expect to love it, but I had hoped because I didn't follow all the backstories and stuff while they were making it. But I found out just enough. And then I was even more, you know, more let down in a way. And I, I think, I think what's happening when you read the read the stories and stuff. Again, it's making money, but it's not making Star Wars money, and it's not beloved like even Force Awakens when it came out was. This is a very polarizing, not good movie. It's not terrible. It's just not good, as they say, as I say. Now, in spite of how you feel about this movie. What are you going to do in about six months or five months when the Han Solo film comes out? Of course, out? I'm going to keep it on my radar. I'm not going to just. Uh, I'm not going to just <laughs> say, "Oh, Star Wars, close my ears. I never want to hear about it again." It's yeah, it's dead to me in the sense that it's not the most important thing in my life, which it was for many of the years, not all in a row, but many of the years I felt it was a very important part of what I, how I, you know, the things I read about, the things I watched, the things I was interested in, all revolved or came, stemmed from that. But I, I really have no interest in the Han Solo movie. I'll be interested in how they build the Legos to make the older Millennium Falcon. I'll be interested in seeing some of the uh, artwork. Oh, I can tell you how. They're just going to swap the dish. Yeah. Well, seriously. <laughs> but, I mean, we've seen some artwork that may or may not be fake. That kind of looks like, oh, well, they did a little of this and they did a little of that. Okay. I don't need that story to be told. Rogue One was a story I like to hear and I like to see. Han Solo, I, it's legend. Why do I need to know what he did? You know, you know, everybody was a hero. Patton, Patton was a hero. Do I want to see what he did when he was a little boy? You know, I, I don't think I need that. And so I don't feel I need this, especially since Han Solo is Harrison Ford to me. Now, they did it with Young Indy, and they were able to make great Young Indy adventures, so it's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just in front of me, it's not, it's not something I'm focusing on. And when it comes out, it'll have to have such better vibes and word of mouth than this last movie the last jedi for me to mm -hmm. clamor mm -hmm. into it you know whatever all right well thank you for giving us our very different opinion from all the other opinions we've had including my own and i hope that the future movies hopefully bring you back into the fold <laughs> and don't disappoint uh, not only you but even me and everybody and a lot of other people that are having a very similar reaction so thank you it was a pleasure this very special reunion episode <laughs> Well, I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode. I'd like to thank James for joining me today for his take on The Last Jedi. We finished our The Last Jedi review, I think, at this point. I think we beat it to death, pretty much, in terms of how we all feel about it. We will probably talk about this again sometime later this year when the Blu-ray comes out. Apparently, this is going to be the first 4K release of the film, and uh, hopefully there's a 3D version in the horizon because I, you know, I like to watch it in 3D, just like I did in the movie theater, or at least until there's just no more 3D available, which at this rate, it looks like it might be happening, you know, sooner or later. But in the meantime, yes, we do have <laughs> Solo, the Han Solo film coming up uh, in a couple of months. And as of now, we are still waiting for any signs of a trailer or a teaser or something, which by the time this episode is out, maybe they will have given us something but this is a scary proposition here this is a movie that it's right around the corner and haven't heard much about it haven't seen much about it we'll see which way that goes so 
on behalf of everyone here, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time here at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. Everybody start. The first film didn't even have a number. Ryan has written a story that's unexpected but right. Some of the stuff that happens, people are going to be like, oh my God. Even though I think I know it all, they throw things at me story-wise I never could have imagined. And even though everybody knows that it's the second in a trilogy, it feels like its own thing. Go! Star Wars is so cool because there's all these creatures and all these amazing visual effects. All the characters are also so complex. Ryan needs to work on his Wookiee sounds. <laughs> Ridiculous. New director. I can't even just learn a Wookiee sound. It feels like the storylines are becoming more established. We're really getting to know these new characters. Also with the characters that we know and love. We're seeing their lives change. Everything is being shifted in an opposite way to what the audience expected after seven. Brian's made Star Wars fresh and new. I'm hoping it'll be a little shocking, but I'm hoping it'll feel real and honest. our most ancient story of good against evil told in the most fascinating way but it has a real spiritual depth to it it's about family and that's what's so powerful about it If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2018. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs> <laughs>